Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcoming you to episode 153 of the Shred Shack podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Let's get started with some old business. Oh, well, I guess we might as well talk about John Schaefer. Let's just rename old business to John Schaefer. Well, hopefully this will be the last time we hear about it for a while. So Until he changes his name. Well, yeah, then starts starts, you know, uh lukewarm Earth or something like that. Lukewarm <laughs> Mars. <laughs> <laughs> um so this past Friday was a very busy day for him. So he pled guilty uh to two counts. Um of his involvement in the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Remember, he was up for six, six different charges. Uh, he pled guilty to two, so he's taking a plea deal. Um, both the combined um, combined charges that he decided to go with have a maximum of 30 years in prison. However, apparently, he is also cooperating with uh, government officials. And apparently, the the deal that they are coming together with will be three to three and a half to four and a half years in prison, plus witness protection. Uh, because apparently, he's naming names and giving people up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So he's going to be the heavy metal over that guy Tech Six Nine, who was just naming people in court um, months ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So uh, on, after pleading guilty, uh, he is going to be released uh, uh, pending his sentencing. Uh, and there's some conditions to his, his release. He, uh, he Schaefer must submit to court supervision in the Northern District of Indiana. He will surrender his passport and any other international travel documents. He must stay outside of D.C. except for court hearings and meetings with attorneys. Will be permitted to travel within the continental United States with notice to pretrial services. And he cannot possess any firearms or explosive devices, including legally owned firearms. Any firearms must be removed from his home. But, but his rights... In his plea agreement, Schaefer acknowledged that he is a founding a lifetime member of the Oath Keepers, a large but loosely organized collection of individuals, some of whom are associated with militias. Although that particular branch uh, of Indiana Oath Keepers said he was not a member of them. So who's lying here? So and it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's just It's just a matter of like, what do you believe and like whatever it's just i don't know oh my I, god okay so is this is it just you know just kind of scrolling down through the fucking thing here it says the indiana chapter of both keepers distanced itself from schaefer after the rest claiming that he was not a member of the local group but the national organization which sells lifetime memberships for twelve hundred dollars has not commented on his alleged affiliation with the group 
<laughs> wow. Wait, so 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 someone's selling memberships to this? Uh, it sounds like the the the, the oath keeper sells memberships to it to them you, to themselves. Are you serious? Lifetime, yeah, that's what it says. But the national organization which sells lifetime memberships for twelve hundred dollars. That sounds. But remember, he's a founding member, apparently. Like, what the fuck? But even so, it's like. <laughs> It's like you 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 want to you know defend the government uh, defend the constitution anti government everything like that but hey listen you gotta fucking pay us like fuck <laughs> off not only that but like they want to defend the constitution and everything but then like they go and fucking try to storm the capitol during a you know constitutionally protected fucking process of certifying the president yeah so yeah all right I okay. just. I, I'm just I'm just not on board with 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 being part of a group that you have to pay pay for. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, you're pretty I mean, pretty much like you know he probably charges more to be a member of the Iced Earth fan club. In all honesty, you know, I'm I'm already mad enough that I have to pay for the cult of Netflix. So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Fortunate enough, HBO Max comes with my cult of AT and T. <laughs> phone service <laughs> well you gotta pay for some sort of cult i i know i gotta pay for something to get something i guess i don't know but it's all good it's all good keeping everybody happy with the hbo max here so that's good yeah i suppose all right but that well, what's it called for old business thank god oh Let's carry on to some new business. And with new business, we talk about new album releases, of which I have not paid attention to shit. So. All right. Well, let me cue up my Spotify, cult of Spotify here. Spurtify. All right. And I got, let's see, last week, listened to a bunch of shit. So this, I listened to a band called Arabot. Arabrot. Arabrot. Yes. Um, they were very good. They're a, a husband-wife duo, and they do kind of like, uh, like some atmospheric post-metal shit. That was it. Was just really good. It was very, very interesting to listen to. Okay. All right. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm reading their little bio here. See where they, uh, what they describe their music as. Oh, okay. Here you go. Arabrot is the bastard offspring of Billie Holiday and Elmore James. It is the Velvet Underground, if Johnny Cash was a member and Nico was able to sing. It is Camus, Satri, Poe, and Burroughs cut up and regurgitated in unholy erotic mass. No. It's it, it's a good mixture of, of stuff, let's just say that. But I think my, my, my favorite part about this is that uh, the two members uh, live in the Swedish countryside with their two children in the old church that they own. <laughs> Rock and roll is their religion. Okay. First, first things first. Go back to the go back to the description you read. Did they right. write that themselves? No, actually. Uh, hold okay. On hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me let me double check on that. Let me double check on that. All right. No, the, the bio was written by Lust Mord. I don't know who okay. that is, but that's not that's not either one of the members of the band. Okay, because I was gonna say that sounds like someone who's like, like tooting their own horn and by that i mean tugging um, well here, here, 
Here's another thing. It said, born of the long, dark winters of Norway, our brat was too black for metal and too avant-garde for punk, so it forged its own path. Either way, it's fun. It's fun. Okay. I mean, as 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 long as it's as long as it's good, just uh, it's some of the way that these things get described are. are oh, really I know. The press releases are so ridiculous sometimes. Um, I listened to a album um, called "Not But Not Forgotten" by a band called Devil Sold His Soul. I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember what it was like. <laughs> I just remember enjoying <laughs> it. I don't remember uh, a damn thing about it, but it was good. It was really good, man. Uh, Johan Kilberg's Impera, Impera, mm-hmm. uh, power metal. So that was fun. The Lion's Daughter. I think the Bird actually had this as his uh, album of the day one day this week. Again, pretty good. Uh, that was ridiculous. Sweet Oblivion. All right, so that's the project that features uh, Jeff Tate. That was actually pretty goddamn good. Jeff Tate still sounds really fucking good. You know, I. I... Aside from like one or two songs that I heard from his actual solo album a couple of years ago, um, uh, like something in Thieves, I don't know what it's called or whatever. But aside from that, like the stuff I've heard from him has been good. The the material from Operation Mind Crime albums have have been good. The one we saw him live, it's been good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't complain about his stuff. It's just, it's just obviously not to that same level that old school Queenreich. Queensryche has been, or even the new school with Talatori. Yeah, uh, yeah. But in and of itself, out of that context, it's actually really good. Yeah, I, I, I really did find myself enjoying that record. So if you're a fan of, like, the latter-day Queensryche with him in it, like, I think it's definitely something that you would probably enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I'd say but so. The next, the next one up is the new uh, Blaze Bailey record, War Within Me. And that was, again, that was really good, too. That was really good. I like the fact that there's like a mix of like styles on his records that like the ones that like completely are not like Iron Maiden, but then there's a couple of tracks here that sound like what he did with them, like for um, the last two records that he did with the with the Iron Maiden. So, well, the only two actually. With his with his own material, a it's heavier. B it tends to be a lot faster. C he has a lot more control over his, his, the usage of his voice. So he gets uh-huh. to do a lot more dynamic type of things because when he did when he did the material with Iron Maiden, they really underutilized his voice. I definitely I definitely found myself enjoying this a lot. I want to go to the back catalog because of course it's actually the first Blaze Bailey solo record I've listened to. I know he has like a shit ton, so this is the first one I listened to ever. And I, like I said, I found myself enjoying it so much that I definitely want to check out the back catalog going forward. Yeah, best do that. But the the album of the of the the newest album that I've been obsessed with, and I've been re re listening to it every chance I get, is actually the new Cowan record. Um, I've been jockeying these guys since we started this podcast, fucking five years ago, and um, they just released their new album, the first album that I can actually pronounce. Uh, it's called Ice Fleet. Now, I don't know the exact details of the story because all their albums, again, every single one of their albums, I believe, are one continuous piece of music broken up to several tracks. And there's usually a story behind it. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. the story behind this one is like this mysterious uh, fleet of ships that were found in the ice somewhere. Um, again, usually what they do, what they did in the, for this particular album is they, they released a uh, series of Instagram posts 
um, which kind of detailed a, a different part of the story uh, each post, which I need to go backtrack and listen to. And from what I also understand, they also released like, like a tabletop kind of game that goes along with the story. So I need to figure out what that's about and just so I can know what the deal is. But in general, the music, I mean, I've been, like I said, I've been listening to them since 2016, 2015. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's just so good. There's such a great blend of like mellow atmospheric stuff mixed in with a little bit of doom metal. Um, again, you can't understand a word they're saying cause they're singing in Finnish, but you know, this, the dynamics of the band is a, is phenomenal. There's one particular track um, that starts off very quiet with a lot of piano and then all of a sudden just bursts into this fucking soundscape of fucking of metal. It's, it's not like, you know, metal, like a fucking like thrash type thing, but it's just like the hugeness of the sound is crazy. So I'm a big fan of this record and I highly recommend anyone going, anyone who's looking for something new or something um like mellow and fucking also heavy at the same time definitely check out fucking Cowan's ice fleet yeah you've mentioned them before i i have just never really sat and paid any attention so yeah i mean they they they, they i mean i i can see where they might be a little bit of like a, a chore to listen to because they are tend to be kind of slow a little bit but that's mm-hmm. what gives like the the emphasis to like the heavier part that much more you know, I think the one the one thing that drew me to them um, was that album from 2015, Sonari. Oh, I can never pronounce, but the one about the the, the hikers that that mysteriously got murdered. Uh, but there's a set, there's a part in it towards the end where it gets very quiet, and then all of a sudden it just changes. And like the, the reaction I got from it the first time I got I listened to it was visceral. Like it felt like like oh like oh no something wrong happened. And this is probably the part of the story where they found that these people had had been killed or whatever but you, it was like a, a feeling it's not like i understood what the hell was going on because again i can't understand the language they're singing in but the feeling i got from the music was fucking it was intense it was pretty fucking incredible and i, I get that feeling whenever i listen to them so awesome awesome uh but the last newest thing that i listened to uh came out this week um of course it's the new fucking cannibal corpse fucking violence unimagined and, you know, we can say the same thing about Cannibal Course as we say about Slayer. Like, you know, you, you know exactly what you're going to get. But the thing is, with them, it's better. It's just better. You, you know, to be, to be honest, like, uh, since I mentioned before the podcast started that I'm just kind of going through Twitter right now, um, our, our official Shred Shack Twitter, um, but so many people are commenting on that new album saying it's fantastic. So I need to hear it. Yeah, it's it's. You know what's funny is that like they I think death metal in general gets a bad rap just because of like you know the genre it's pretty much like the lyrical content and like the vocals and stuff like that. But the thing is these guys are very good musicians. Like I I, I don't think death metal musicians get enough credit uh, when it comes to the actual their their proficiency of playing. So I think um, this one kind of kind of because they are like the elder statesmen so to speak of the death metal scene and the fact that they're still this fucking ferocious and still this technically sound is fucking amazing well i mean i would hope they remain ferocious otherwise they're uh you know um yeah they're, they're not cannibal corpse anymore it's more like fluffy teddy bears 
I mean, you've seen those pictures of Corpse Grinder with with his kids and everything. I, can, so I follow him on Instagram. Oh yeah, I I've seen the lighter side of Corpse Grinder. <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny. Yeah, it is quite funny. He's such a dork. I love it. <laughs> but uh, the only thing else, the only thing else that I have queued up really that I'm really like looking forward to listening to. Let me check out what I have. Uh, of course, is the, uh, the um, what's it called? The newest um, liquid tension experiment. That one just came out this past week, so that's on the list. That's coming up. Um, I put on my queue the new Greta Van Fleet record just to see what the hype's about. August Burns Red has their new EP out, the Guardian Sessions EP that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see what else I got here. Marty Freeman's new record came out this week, so I've got that on the queue. The Offspring have a new record out. Going to see what that's about. Haven't listened to them in fucking um, probably decades at this point. So those are a few that are coming up on the queue that I'm looking forward to checking out this week and reporting on for the following podcast. So what outside of new releases have you listened to? Well, I'm still going through the Pat Gassner box of fun, a couple CDs at a time, trying to do... Mm -hmm. I have I have moved my three disc uh, boombox into the gym, so I try to pick three CDs every every session, and uh, try and listen to those. So just I'm looking at a stack of CDs I listen to. I listen to a few more than this, but this is a stack that's in front of me right now. So I got ACDC's Powerage here, uh, Through the Eyes of the Dead, Disomas, Impending Doom, The Sin and Doom Volume Two. Self-titled Kiss record. Accept Metal Health, a uh, Metal Heart, sorry, Metal Heart. Uh, uh, album by Enough is Enough. <laughs> a band called Auras, their album Binary Garden. An album by Armored Dawn. Emerson Lake and Powell, not Palmer. Emerson Lake and Powell. Sky Harbor, Sunshine Dust, Death Angel, Killing Season, and Enterprise Earth, Luciferus. Didn't I give you that Death Angel album? Yes, you did. Yes, okay. you did. So uh, that's not just the Pat Gessner box of fun, but it's just a um, a mix of stuff that I have lying around. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I, I know I had that album, and then I bought the the version of it that came with The Art of Dying. Yes, 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 yes. So you gave me the double. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but that's cool. Just yeah, that's that's been pretty much it. Like like ever really ever since that new the new Callum record came out, I've been going like every time I finish something and I need something else to listen to, I go back to that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I have not had any particular direction with my music um, this past week in particular because of one of those things where like my unemployment status at this current time, well, at the moment, um, prior to Monday, has kind of led me into kind of just not listening to anything. Uh, uh-huh. And in fact, the last few days I've been reading. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, when I do listen to music, it's usually just kind of one-off tracks and whatnot. Um, I just put up the albums of the day for today, so I was listening to the one of the albums from the Donnas. The Donnas. Uh, the Donnas, yeah, you know. Wow, that's random. All, 
all all female rock band. Yeah, right? I remember them. Um, I also uh, have been checking out some other random things, including Adele. Um, That's what I'm talking about. I have I have night the album 19 on CD, which I listened to for the first time. Then I listened to 21, which That's the shit. Friggin' great album. Right. Waiting for my copy of 25 to show up. Um, but, yeah, it's mostly just been a lot of one-off stuff uh, just because I've been a little uh, I've been a little off track this week. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, man, man, uh, I, I, I've, I've been reading... I've been reading books that have been about philosophy and religion lately, and it's like I'm getting it's it's basically getting me into like more into particular fields of thought and further away from religion. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Actually, uh, I'm kind of excited because you know. I want to I want to have a, a a look at all these different things. And I actually bought a copy of the Satanic Bible that I want to read. Yeah, um, I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to read what that's all about. I mean, I don't sit there and put myself wholly into any one of these things, but I try to take stuff away from it. But I read the book. I read the book on the Donatology, which people have described as the uh, religion that worships um, curvy women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that at all. It's actually like that, that description is very misleading, but I was reading through it and I was like, Oh my God, this is such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's it's bad. But that's, I'm sorry. But like, I just, I just had to say that like in my reading the last few days, it's just like been a whole lot of just like, Oh my God, shut the hell up. This is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I, I actually, we had a conversation about, um, you buying the Satanic Bible a couple, probably almost like two months ago or so. Yeah. Uh, I went and I went and got it um for Kindle. And yeah. It was for free on Kindle, so I was like, oh hell yeah, bad, badass. But then when I tried to open it, I couldn't open it because it wasn't supported by my device or some shit like that. So I was like, oh shit, I don't know if I want to pay for this right now. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> your uh, your um your Kindle was blessed or something like that. Yeah. 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 It was just like, God damn it! Well, because I because I, I read the the Unabomber manifesto, and that was that was that was a read, that was a read and a half. Um, yeah. Because it it's also it's also interesting because um, what I find is that I, I read a lot in the gym now in between sets. I have like a very specific time in between sets that I that I can sit down and read, and I get a lot of reading done in there. But it's it's hard to read something that's a concept and not a narrative while you're trying to like, and, and you're breaking it up and like in, in parts like that, you know? So yeah. it was, that's why the Unabomber one was a little, was a little tough to, to digest, so to speak. And I was hoping this, the, to get through the, the satanic Bible the same way, but alas, I was, it was not meant to be. Well, uh, well, uh, once I actually read my copy, I can let you borrow it. So. Yeah. I, the, the the one thing I'm having a hard time right now with is is finding time to read physical copies of of books. I'm not gonna I don't bring physical copies of books into the gym because you know sweaty and disgusting. I don't want to ruin my books. So like I just haven't had a chance an opportunity to sit down and finish reading like the Metallica do- biography you got me, which I'm halfway through, 
but the last time I actually sat down on Reddit was when we had the fucking deep freeze here in fucking Texas last month, mm-hmm. two months ago yeah. now, actually. Oh my god, it feels like forever ago at this point. Doesn't it? Yeah, I know, because you no, know, the weather's been trying to kill us ever since then. Instead yeah. of freezing us to death, it's trying to fucking swelter us to death, so. Yeah, well, if it's not sweltering us to death, it's giving us it's giving us rain and humidity, which is not a usual thing, and it makes everybody's allergies go, you know. Yeah, through the fucking roof, that is for sure. Yeah. So now that we've had that complete discourse. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally off subject. Totally off subject. Let's talk about um, general news. General news. All right. Well, fortunately enough, at the moment, we do not have any obituaries for the rock and metal world. Uh, unfortunately, though, I think it was Friday, uh, and anyone who's watched the uh, the TV show uh, Piggy Blinders, um, one of the actresses who plays Aunt Polly, she passed away from cancer, which is unfortunate because she's fucking amazing. Yes, I saw that, and... Um... I, I still haven't watched Peaky Blinders. I'm still very much interested in it, but you know. it's a very, very, very good show. It's yeah. a very good. Um, I'm, it's a, the just a fucking travesty that she had to pass away, because she was a fucking amazing character in that in that show. Yeah. Um, it's a damn shame. Damn, damn dirty shame. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. But that's about it in the uh in the obituary section. So we'll just get on to flat-out general news here. Okay, so Banger Films has announced Heavy Metal Hitchhiker, an eight-episode original comedy web series produced by its digital division, Banger TV. The series is directed and co-written by Mark Riccardelli, who has worked on Shredders of Metal, Protest the Hero of Our Own Volition. Uh, I guess that's like a video of theirs. Uh, it stars comedian Garrett Jameson and is soundtracked by music from Power Trip, Carcass, Municipal Waste, Earthless, and Possessed, as well as a slew of Canadian artists such as Exciter, Ken Mode, Protest the Hero, Cancer Bats, Mount Sinai, uh, Sarin, and Smolder. This action-packed comedy series follows a day in the life of Mitch, a heavy metal-loving gas station who stumbles upon an abandoned guitar that belongs to his favorite band, Rager. In a moment of happenstance, Mitch realizes that he must follow in his father's roadie-shaped footsteps and return the six-string Dax to the band in time for their headlining concert. Without money or wheels, Mitch's only option is to hitchhike. He's got 10 hours to travel 247 kilometers to fulfill his destiny. Heavy Metal Hitchhiker will premiere on April 20th on Banger TV's YouTube channel. That sounds interesting. It sounds fun, because and I love Banger Films. Those are the guys, um, that's the guy Sam Dunn who yeah. started his thing with a metal, a headbanger journey. He did fly six, six, six. He did the, the rush documentary. He actually mm-hmm. also did a, a documentary about ZZ top, which I just watched recently, which was pretty good. Um, yeah. I just like I just like that production company in general. I think they do a very good job. Very cool. So that definitely does sound very interesting. All right, so something that we learned last weekend during WrestleMania weekend is that Ozzy Osbourne was recently inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And although he was not present to accept the honor, he did tape a video message that was aired as part of the show. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne has made several appearances on WWE TV over the years, including at WrestleMania 2, where he joined Captain Lou Albano to manage the British Bulldogs in their WWF, WWF 
tag team championship win over Bruce Beefcake and Greg Valentine. Osborne also performed live at uh, SmackDown taping in Baltimore in May of 2007 and later served as a special guest host of Raw in November of 2009. Yeah, I, I, I went through the script a little bit before, um, before the show began. I saw this particular uh, little bit and made me realize I've never actually sat and fully watched WrestleMania 2 because I don't remember that shit at all. <laughs> Honestly, I don't remember WrestleMania 2 at all, period, because I, I, I know like we watched WrestleMania, the first one, of course, and then pretty much just skipped right to WrestleMania 3. <laughs> like, the second one didn't happen. Yeah, like, I, rem- I, re- I, re- I recall certain matches of it, like, as in, I know they happened, uh, particularly <laughs> the boxing match between Mr. T and Roddy Piper. Oh, um, right, yes. Like, I recall that things happened, but I, I don't think I've ever actually watched it, and... Um, you know, to be fair, I, I don't I, I think I've only seen so many WrestleManias in my life. Especially I'm, 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 actually just, I'm just thinking the same thing, because like I'm thinking like the one that from WrestleMania one and then, of course, mm-hmm. WrestleMania three. I think I skipped straight to WrestleMania eight <laughs> like as far as re- as far as memory goes, you know, and then, of course, WrestleMania nine at Caesars Palace, which was one of the ones that I actually watched when I was younger. And then, you know, in and out for the rest of the fucking manias after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I should be watching them at this point because I have Peacock and I can I can view them all anytime I want to. But um, I, I just I, I feel like I'm I'm really behind. It was just funny because Brandy and I were just talking about uh, Blockbuster uh, because uh, Lindsay mentioned the documentary she watched earlier today. <laughs> And um, we were just saying, I was telling her that like we used to go every weekend, and we were that's how we got like caught up on some of the old wrestlings, wrestling oh, yeah. events because but we would rent them out and 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 then fucking illegally record them and watch them over and over again. Don't be <laughs> saying that out loud, man. <laughs> hey, hey, we are well past that time. <laughs> anyway, but I, I think like WrestleMania Eight was one of the ones that we we rented and 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 watched over and over again. I think Royal Rumble '91 was another one. SummerSlam 97. Any of the Royal Rumbles from 90 to 92, we watched a billion times. So Yeah, yeah, those those are always fun. I, I think yeah. my favorite one was the, the, the one where the Bushwhacker comes out, doing his armor swing, gets eliminated immediately, then just keeps on walking. Yep. I love yep. that bit. I love that bit. <laughs> All right. Now, this one is fucking badass. Uh-huh. Uh, I wish I could show this to you because it's so it's super fucking cool. Anyway, so Anthrax has joined up with Record Store Day to release a limited edition custom mini turntable as well as a vinyl disc bundle consisting of four three-inch singles sold separately. For the vinyl disc, the band reached way back into its rich catalog for four favorites, uh, Madhouse, I Am The Law, Got The Time, and Discharge. Taking inspiration from the three-inch turntable creation in Japan, drummer Charlie Benanti, who oversees all of Anthrax's artwork, orchestrated creating the minis cover art in the style of the seven-inch record covers he collected from Iron Maiden and Kiss. 1,000 of the turntables and 1,000 of the vinyl bundles will be exclusively available via RSD. That's uh, Record Store Day. But wait, there's more. One of the 1,000 mini turntables will include a golden ticket 
Willy Wonka style. And the winner will be the recipient of a personal Zoom call from Anthrax's Joey Belladonna and Frank Bello. That means when you have that golden ticket, you become a target. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I, I kept the thing here. I wish I could show you what this thing looks like. It is the coolest looking thing I've ever seen. That's a good thing. This mini fucking uh, turntable thing. It's so cool. <laughs> and like three inch fucking disc. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. It's so fucking like it's adorable. It's adorable. Like I would go out of my way to buy this one if I was that guy. It's so I, cool. I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I I I want to I want to see one of these three inches like in my hand like. Yeah, yeah, like the po- the picture they 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 post of it, it looks tiny, like but like in your hand, I mean, again, the the the, the disc is three inches, so you gotta figure that the actual device it's gotta be four to five, right? Yeah. And I also wonder how it sounds. I mean, it's gotta be super. Like, I hope it's not like one of those silly things. Where, like, remember the uh, the little like personal playing discs that the that were keychains when we were younger that played like thirty seconds of a song. Yeah, yeah, that that would be kind of shitty. Like if you had to like listen to like half a song on one side and flip it over and listen to the other half on the other side on side B. I'm just thinking of uh, I'm thinking of the the Men in Black with the tiny the uh, tiny disc. He has to rebuy yeah, the white album again. Have to buy the white album again. <laughs> I you know what's really funny is I think of that line every single time a new fucking um, service or device comes out that that, that we can listen to. So like when he, when Spotify came out, I was like, yep, yeah, I got to download the, the white album again. uh all right moving on uh four eddie van halen played guitars have gone up for sale online at online auction house gotta have rock and roll the guitars being auctioned are a 1986 custom kramer striped guitar from van halen's 5150 tour previously owned by van halen's guitar tech kevin king duggan a Kramer Frankenstrat copy, which co- which comes from Dan Henderson, a stage technician for Eddie, of Eddie's for a couple of shows during the 1995 Balance Tour. A tic-tac-toe Chevelle guitar, an Eddie's studio-played custom No Bozos guitar. So the 1986 Kramer Strat guitar is expected to sell for between $600,000 and $800,000, while a hand-signed Kramer copy is estimated at $100,000 to $150,000. The No Bozo is expected to sell for between twenty and thirty thousand dollars, and the TikTok model is expected to sell between two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. Almost a million dollars for an Eddie Van Halen guitar. How crazy is that? Well, we were we were uh, we were floored by the the fact that the Neil Peart drum kit went for five hundred thousand, and we're talking about. One hundred to three hundred thousand more than that. Yeah, yeah, that is insanity. Yeah. And we're also talking about just like you know, four hundred to two hundred million, two hundred thousand shy of a million dollars. Like that is insanity. Like, who's buying it, man? Right? Like who? Who is buying this shit? <laughs> you know, it's probably the same guys who buy like a thousand cars and then put them in a garage and then never touch them. I want it to be somebody who, like, has the audacity to buy it and then in front of everybody at the auction just smash the motherfucker. Oh, like Banksy? 
Did you hear about that that one art? He did like an art piece, and then as soon as it sold, it immediately went to a shredder. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was because, like, wow, that is balls. That is how I feel about like art and whatnot. So. And then like there's that the the farmer bro guy who bought that one like uh, Wu Tang Clan record that only one copy exists ever. The only thing I would ever do anything like that for is track down every person that still has a copy of E.T. on Atari. I, was just, I knew that's what you're going to – I fucking knew that's what you're going to say. I you know damn well. I fucking knew it. God there can be only one motherfucker. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to say it. God damn it. How did I know that? <laughs> Oh, all right. Moving on. Netflix and STX Films have partnered to develop and produce I Slept with Joey Ramone, a biopic chronicling the life of the king of punk, Joey Ramone. Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live will portray Ramone in the film, which will be made with cooperation and support of Joey Ramone's estate and with the assistance of uh, Rose Garden Films. The film is based on the memoir of the same name written by his brother, Mickey Leah. Leah will serve as an executive producer. The movie will be directed by Jason Orley, who previously worked with Davidson on the, night, on the 2019 feature film Big Time Adolescence, and the comedian stand-up special Pete Davidson Alive from New York. I'm curious about this, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I don't know Pete Davidson enough to be able to be like, oh yeah, cool, you know? I mean, either do I, but I mean, it's still kind of a biopic type thing, so I'm yeah. curious. And, you know, the fact that it, at least at this point, has the blessing of the estate. You know, yes. We'll, also we'll see what happens when it gets made and, and released, but yeah, I'm curious. Very, very, very true. Yeah. All right, not, last but not least here, Napalm Records has announced the signing of German thrash metal veterans destruction to a worldwide deal. Um, woot. Woot. <laughs> I know. Yeah, There's not very much more about that. It's cool. Yeah, very anticlimactic for the, for the news here, but still, business is business. Nope. All right. Are you ready for So Let It Be Written? And... Since we were on the topic of books already, so yeah, let's do it. I mean, in all honesty, like in the last couple of podcasts, I think I noticed that we've been talking a lot about new books coming out. So either <laughs> people have a lot of time on their hands with the pandemic and they're just writing a bunch of shit or like this stuff has been in the works for a long time and we're just getting a fucking flood of it right now. Yep. All right. So first off here, Day Street Books, which is an imprint of the William Morrow, Morrow Group at HarperCollins. The HarperCollins I know is a big publisher. Anyway, they announced that it will publish The Storyteller, uh, which is, oh, The Storyteller by Grammy-winning musician, documentary filmmaker, and fledgling author David Grohl. Yeah, who's that guy? I have no idea who that is. Like, honestly, what, what, what doesn't this man do? Grohl's new book is a, uh, as much a celebration of music as it is about the moments that have molded him into the man he is today. From hilarious childhood mishaps, touching family moments, leaving home to see the world at 18, to spectacular stories about Nirvana, Foo Fighters, David Bowie, Joan Jett, Iggy Pop, Paul McCartney, 
playing drums for Tom Petty on Saturday Night Live, performing at the White House, and evening swing dancing with ACDC with all love, laughs, loss, and embarrassments along the way. The storyteller is a fascinating look at a life lived loud. My only question is, does it chronicle the writing of the greatest song ever that unites all time and space? All time and space. I mean, he's working oh. on it still. <laughs> he's working on it still. I still yeah. think that was the best cameo ever from that movie. That was hilarious. Yes, it was. That was hilarious. And it kind of like, although like we kind of should have expected something, I wasn't expecting that. You know? Yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> it was great. All right. Next up. Brian Johnson, ACDC's legendary frontman, will publish his long-awaited autobiography, The Lives of Brian, on October 26th. The book will be published in the UK by Penguin and Michael Joseph, a division of Penguin Random House. By publishing books, uh, oh, by publishing director Roland, or Roland White. It will be published simultaneously in the US by Day Street Books, who we just talked about, which is an imprint of the William Arrow, blah, 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 blah. He will so subsequently be sued by the guys from Monty Python. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Wimmer Publishing has set a July 9th release date for Korn, Follow the Leader. Now, in 1994, Korn's self-titled self debut, uh, debut album marked the band's arrival. It was dark and brash and it demanded attention, as did Korn's second album, 1996's Life is Peachy. Good going for a new band, but in 1998, Follow the Leader saw Korn's success and notoriety accelerate exponentially. With constant demand for singles Got the Life and Freak on a Leash onto MTV, Korn exceeded its own expectations. Both the band and their fans, this was the start of something exciting, albeit turbulent. In this book, Logan, uh, author Laura Shenton offers an in-depth perspective of Follow the Leader from a range of angles, including how the album came to be, how it was presented and received at the time, live as well as on record, and what it means in terms of Korn's legacy today. Uh, I mean, I have some interest in this. Um, I I always like hearing the the stories behind some of like the the biggest albums. Like that's why I, I really like the series uh, from VH1 uh, classic albums. Yeah, where they talk about how they how they went and they recorded it, what their mindset was, like some of the ideas they had, some of the experimentation they did, depending mm -hmm. on the band, of course, and of like classic albums. Because you always think that like when I listen to certain albums that like have stood the test of time, I was like, I wonder like what was going on when they recorded this to make such an amazing fucking piece of historic music. Like I want to know what the hell was going on during like Dark Side of the Moon. Like I want to be on the fly on the wall during that. Well, the, the the thing that the uh, I, that's what I was thinking of while kind of coming up with what I was saying, but I feel like I would be more interested in this if it were one of those documentaries as opposed to a book. True. Okay, I can see that. Because I don't think I, I am a big enough corn fan to want to sit and read a book about this single album. I'd rather perhaps read a full retrospective on their entire career, not strictly this album. So Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, so the last book we're going to talk about here is Penguin Press has set a November 9th release date for Bob Spitz's new book, Led Zeppelin, 
the biography. From the author of the definitive New York best Times best-selling history of the Beatles comes the authoritative account of the group many call the greatest rock band of all time, arguably the most successful and certainly one of the most notorious. That sounds like a book for you. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the one of my favorite books I read when I was younger, uh, as far as biographies goes, was uh, Gods of Thunder, which is a Led Zeppelin uh, biography book. And that was very interesting. Uh, don't you mean Hammer of the Gods? That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Hammer of the Gods. Gods of Thunder would be a kiss one. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, you are absolutely right. Hammer of the Gods. Very good. <laughs> and, I'm on the wall here. I'm just hoping that they uh, they don't skip out on anything. You know, all I want all the dirt. I want all of it. So well, I I feel like to get some semblance of of an entire story, you you want to read multiple sources. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Well, like, Good. No, I was, I was gonna say I'm reading the like I'm in the middle of the Metallica book that you got me. I remember I read a a, a biography of Metallica a long time ago. Um, well before fucking, uh, I think it was actually before Load came out. So we're oh. talking about like, the early years, and of course, there's a lot of stuff that I don't really remember from the book. But like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm learning about my favorite band from this new biography that you got me. That's very interesting. Like just mm-hmm. how down and out they were for a while before, like starting out, even how down and out they were when they were when they were still like trying to hit their stride. You know? Yeah. It was, and like, just like, and also just kind of how much of a fucking driving force, like you always hear about it, the driving force that Lars Ulrich is, but you don't really get the full picture of it until you like listen or read about like other people talking about it, you know, mm-hmm. about how influential he was in just making the band what it is today, despite the fact that, you know, everyone still says that his drumming is not the greatest. Even back then, his drumming wasn't the greatest. But he is just a fucking force to be reckoned with when it comes to fucking managing and fucking promoting and fucking just the business side of Metallica. Yeah. Well, when it comes to when it comes to stories like this, when it comes to in the, even the case of legendary bands, I, I want to hear multiple sides of the story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just to kind of see see the differences there. Like I read the book. I read a book called Highway to Hell, um, which was a biography of Bon Scott. And I was like, okay, I, I, I get a lot of stuff here. I felt like the book was a little biased or just a little, I guess, confrontational in, in its tone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I'd like to read some other books about Bon Scott. There are so many fucking books about <laughs> and particularly Bon Scott. It's like there can't be so many books of the same information. There's got to be some different stories here because mm-hmm. why would you have that many books? Like, I, 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 I want to see what other people are saying about this. I, I, I get that. Like, how many times do we need to read the, the fucking origin of Batman? You know, how about a different story? Well, not, not, not even necessarily a different story, but like, I guess maybe like a slightly alternative view of the events or things like that just like i don't know something that you know if somebody says one particular thing about about them um and then somebody says something else completely different about the same thing 
Uh-huh, like, that uh-huh. makes, that makes me think. That makes me curious. It's like, okay, you know, what to believe? What do I question here? That's what I want to see. So, yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. All right. So that is it for books. And that was a lot. I mean, and again, this is like, this is all, we, we report on these, like, maybe like two to three books minimum in the last few podcasts. So there's a lot of, a lot of stuff coming out. And I know in July, we mentioned that the, uh, before that the new, um, I think it's uh, the DO one comes out. So that should be a good one. Yep. All right. So let's get on to not spreading the disease. I mean, this is still a topic of conversation here. I know people are getting their vaccines. Uh, you are fully vaccinated, I know. I still have not received mine yet, but it'll be on the docket very soon. Um, but you know, the, I know the hope is that we should get, quote, back to normal soon. But the thing is, we're still a long ways away. So with that in mind, Judas Priest's European tour, which was scheduled to kick off in late May, has once again been postponed due to ongoing COVID-19 vaccine issues. The trek will now run from May 27, 2022 in Moscow until July 31st, 2022 in Germany. So, so I know that there's, there's a lot of hesitation about the vaccine, which is expected because between just general anti-vaxxers and everything, and then the people who are a little worried about it because it's so new and yeah, yeah. Like you know, largely untested and everything like that. I I will I will do the I, I will do the thing of live and let live if you do not do not want to get it. But I'm just thinking of like the future where there are people walking around with like dart guns and injecting people, <laughs> and just finding finding the unvaccinated and just kind of shooting them in the ass. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God! It's like the most dangerous game. Got to vaccinate them all. <laughs> <laughs> weeding oh. out the week. Weeding out the week. <laughs> right, I can just feel fucking hilarious. You'd be like the Hunger Games. <laughs> oh, all right, carry on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Guns and Roses have been forced to postpone its European tour for a second time due to the ongoing COVID nineteen pandemic. Support on the rescheduled dates will come from Gary Clark Jr., including the newly confirmed stops in Norway, Czech Republic, Poland, the Netherlands, and Italy. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine has rescheduled its reunion tour for 2022. The United Quartet was originally set to kick off its run of shows last year, March 2020, and then postponed until 2021. But now the Public Service Announcement Tour will now launch on March 31st of 2022 in El Paso, Texas. Run the Jewels will provide support on the track. Tickets will be honored for the postponed shows. Cool. Oh, wow. I, I put this in the wrong one. This is actually uh, another book. <laughs> well, shit. Well, shit. Anyway, so let's just go backtrack a little bit. And um, So Rufus Publications has announced the publication of Sabbath, the Dio Years. This new coffee table book with, from uh, Rupert's Publications created a unique visual history of the Dio era of Black Sabbath with rare and unseen photos from a range of photographers who work closely with the band. The, work has been, the book has been created with the full cooperation of Wendy Dio and Black Sabbath members. Three different versions will be published, including signed editions. And why can't we be doing like, multiple editions of this stuff? Just, just right? give them all to me now. Shut up and take my money. And all I'm thinking about right now is, damn it, I need a coffee table. 
but you have one. <laughs> I need another one. I need a coffee table for my coffee table books. And then a coffee table for my coffee. Yo, yo dog, I heard you like coffee tables. Yo, dog, I heard you like coffee tables. You got a double decker over here for your coffee and your coffee table books. All right, due to the ongoing restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic and the uncertainty that local authorities will be able to provide a safe environment in which their European fans can thoroughly enjoy shows by September of this year, Evanescence and Within Temptation have unfortunately made the decision to push back their highly anticipated co-headline World Collide Tour to spring of 2022. I see that tour. I think I've said that before. Yeah, I think I've, I've, I've mentioned every time we talk about this tour that like, God damn it, why is it only European? Like, I would, I would, I would definitely check that show out. And last but not least here, Iron Man's June and July 2021 dates of the Legacy of the Beast tour have been postponed due to the accords, blah, 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 blah. The next European leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour will now take place in the summer of 2022. All tickets remain valid. Some long distance planning right there. For sure. For sure. All right. So that's it for not spreading the disease. Are you ready for he's the one they call Dr. Feel? Not so good. Yup. Well, this is a little bit of a roller coaster here. All right. So Jason Becker, who you know, uh, has been living with ALS over the last 30 years, has been hospital. He was hospitalized after experiencing, quote, shortness of breath and a rapid heart rate, which is this was according to his mother. A few days later, it was reported that he is at a hospital in Northern California undergoing treatment for a bacterial infection. And then a few days after that, Jason Becker has returned home after undergoing treatment for the bacterial infection at a hospital in Northern California. So shortness of breath, rapid heart rate, bacterial infection, he went home. A little bit of a roller coaster for there, for for that. Seriously, but at least he's home and, and improving, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This one's a little bit of a bummer here. Exodus drummer Tom Hunting has been diagnosed with squamous cell start, um Carcinoma, carcinoma, which is SCC of the stomach. This particular form of cancer is very uncommon with worldwide instances of 0.04% to 0.07% of all gastric cancers. So all gastric cancers, this is less than 1%, less than like, like 0.1%. Like it's crazy how rare this is. And this guy has it. You know, if I had one of these very extremely rare things, I would be like, man, fuck you. <laughs> just, I, would, I would just be so pissed. Right? Like, of it's all like, things. It, 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 this is obviously nothing to laugh at, but, like, just the rarity of this kind of thing. It's like, seriously, like, where does this come from? Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. But let's talk about people who are getting better and think they'll go for a walk now. Cheap Trick bassist Tom uh, Peterson has revealed that he is recovering from open-heart surgery. The Cheap Trick social media uh, was updated with the following statement from Peterson saying, Hi, everyone. You may have noticed that I was sitting down during Stephen Colbert's late show performance last night. I had to have open heart surgery a month ago, and I'm under doctor's orders to take it easy. I'm currently recuperating and slowly but surely getting stronger every day. 
can't wait to get back to see all of you again soon. <laughs> and last but not least here for people who are getting better, Nightwish's Flora Jansen is recovering after undergoing gallbladder removal surgery. That was random. Yeah, right? So apparently, I, I kept it out, the article up here. So she said in, a, in like an Instagram post uh, that she was, what's it called? They were rehearsing with uh, together for their virtual shows that are happening next month. And she showed up for the first day and then started having like severe stomach pains. And she decided that she was just not feeling good. And apparently a gallstone, she had a gallstone attack. Uh, it turned out that uh, the pains was because of a huge amount of gallstones and pancreatitis. They needed to remove the gallbladder. Um, but because they, they, I needed my gallbladder removed, but because of the pancreatitis, they couldn't do it all at once. The day after they took a scarred gallbladder out with 15 stones in it. Jesus Christ. So yeah, she was, she was pretty fucked up for a, for a minute there. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. That's just like, I, I've, I've encountered people who have had gallstones and all those kind of things and everything like that. And it's one of those things that I, I, I never want to experience that. Right. Like, holy shit. Yeah. All right. Are we up for breaking the law? I mean, not this particular one, unfortunately, but let's go. Yeah. So, Ricard Sundin, who is a founding member of Sabaton, who played guitar in the band from 1999 to 2012, and most recently performed in Civil War, has been convicted of sexual abuse of an eight-year-old girl in possession of child pornography by a Swedish court. Yikes. There's nothing to be said here except fuck that guy. The interesting thing here is this. All right. So the, the like the most interesting thing is that he did not like deny he denied the sexual abuse part, but he did not deny the child pornography part, which is weird. But he mentioned that he's had issues with it for a while, stating that um, he started seeing a like a psychotherapist about it since starting in 2005 where he doesn't like he doesn't find according to him he doesn't find children sexually appealing to him but he find but he's he's uh attracted to child pornography for some reason like it's really fucking weird his defense on this whole thing so and uh i think he said that the, his um i think about the child the, the sexual abuse was that um his daughter has like sleeping issues and like he would come in like come in like like calm her down some way and he did this to this this girl that was spending the night there and it, she did not think that that's what was happening or something like that i don't know it was weird the whole situation is fucking weird and the thing is like is very inappropriate regardless so yeah it's you know it's just a shame that it had to be from a guy who formed one of the bands that we all particularly have a, a fondness for um, so. I'm, not, I'm not touching this one. So cool, gotcha. Yeah. Metallica is breaking some shit. Uh, this one's pretty cool. So the guitar that Kirk Hammett used in the Metallica's one music video has sold for one hundred twelve thousand 
$500. The ESP400 series instrument, which is said to be in excellent condition, was purchased by an anonymous, an anonymous buyer via heritage auctions. The guitar comes with Hammett's signature in silver ink at the bottom of the natural solid body, with the guitar also coming with a signed certificate of authenticity and original hard case. That's cool. But again, buying this, man. Right? Anonymous people. Anonymous. All right. No one's feuding at the moment. No new Alcoholica coming out, but we have some merchandising. All right. So following on from the success of its Motorhead and Judas Priest coloring books launched last year, Rock and Roll Coloring has announced the next releases in the expanding range. Brand new coloring books from two titans of classic rock and thrash metal. Both fans renowned for the iconic artwork designs. For the first time, officially endorsed coloring books from Thin Lizzy and Megadeth. Now, those are two drastically different bands. Well, as they said, classic rock and thrash metal, so. Yeah. Um, the Megadeth one sounds pretty badass to me. I don't know anything about Thin Lizzy covers, so. Same, same. But the Megadeth one sounds sweet. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I was happy to find this one just today, as I was updating before we were recording. Mm-hmm. For I'm Puzzled, several Slipknot titles will get the Jigsaw Puzzle treatment next month. On May 15th, Z Productions will release Slipknot, Iowa, and Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, as 500-piece Jigsaw Puzzles on their Rock Saws imprint. I would totally get the self-titled one. Right? That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that looks like a lot of fun. Like, all nine of them up there on the cover, and it's red and dark, and, like, all their masks and shit. Yeah, that seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be badass. All right, so do we want to do the record, the uh, the commercial break here? Yes, commercial break here. Go. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellaHotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. And we're back. All right. And we're back. Recording and release news. Here we go. Oh, no. Goddamn cursor. All right. So recording news, studio recordings. An ACDC picture disc is among this year's record store day drops set for June 12th and July 17th at independent record stores nationwide. Coming on June 12th, a limited edition, a limited collector's edition of AC, oh my gosh. All right, limited collector's edition ACDC 12-inch picture disc includes the songs Through the Mists of Time and Which is Spell from the band's global chart-topping album Power Up, housed in a PVC jacket with an OBI strip at the top. You know, I hear about all the cool stuff that comes out for Record Store Day, and I never engage in it, but I really want, like, everything. Like again, the the anthrax thing that 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 really got like pretty high on the boner meter there. Even though I'm not a vinyl guy, I just think it's super fucking cool. (laughs) 
I'm not a vinyl guy at all, but I just think that 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 is just super fucking cool. God damn yeah. it. I got you. All right. Crypta will release its debut album, Echoes of the Soul, on, July, on June 11th via Napalm Records. This band formed in June of 2019, and they are the four-piece. consists of vocalist and bassist Fernanda Lira and Luana Demeto on drums. They are both former members of the Brazilian thrash metal band Nervosa, plus a supremely talented guitarist Sonia Anubis, who played with uh, Cobra Spell and ex and formerly of Burning Witches, Antonia Bergamaschi. I uh, butchered that one, but she used to be in a band called Hagbard. Hagbard just sounds like an awesome name. And I don't know why. Oh my God, Kat. What are you doing? You are, <laughs> you are not Icarus. You are not. You are not. Okay, anyway, carry on. <laughs> All right, Soulfly is putting the finishing touches on its 12th album for a tentative late 2021 release via Nuclear Blast Records. The follow-up to 2018's Ritual was recorded at Platinum Underground in Phoenix, Arizona with, with producer Arthur Risks, Risk, who has previously worked with Cavalier Conspiracy, Power Trip, and Code Orange. Oh, now, so good. the next one. Yes. This one. This one is, we, we mentioned this earlier uh, on the last podcast, uh, but your number was wrong. Lordy. We'll release no less, no less than seven new studio albums in October. Seven. The LPs will mark the first new music from Lordy since the arrival of 2020's Collection, a fictional compilation album which contains songs that Lordy would have written had the band existed between the early 70s and mid-1990s. Okay, two things to be said about that. I, I, I am listening. One. I was not wrong about the number. Just after they said four, they recorded three more albums. <laughs> I mean, they're they're reaching like bucket head levels of of of, uh, of fucking productivity there. And two, this is a personal attack against me. And your money. It's, it's, it, no, because it's like, yo, we're gonna release seven new studio albums. In the month of your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a, a yeah for sure, and they're all coming out on October second. Man, like, like yo, dog, I heard you like Lordy. <laughs> so we got Lordy releasing some Lordy all over your Lordy. <laughs> <laughs> so so instead of sending you my my Amazon list for Frank Zappa for a change, I'm gonna send oh. you my list of Lordy. Yeah, I might as well. They just—they should just release it all as one box, and I can just buy one thing <laughs> for you. Fucking seriously, man. All right, Steel Panther have confirmed that they uh, have commenced the recording process for their sixth studio album. The follow-up to 2019's Heavy Metal Rules will tentatively arrive before the end of the year. Spoiler alert: the title will likely have something to do with Dick. More than likely. Red Fang, the beloved Portland-based riff-heavy rock band, this is from NPR, by the way, will release a new album, Arrows, on June 4th via Relapse Records. <laughs> they just say riff-heavy. It's like they, they play guitar. <laughs> Pretty <you> much. <laughs> yeah. The original lineup of Puerto Rico's Latin metal pioneers, Puya, have begun recording some new material. The band has reunited with frontman Sergio 
uh, Curbelo and has added percussion from Oscar Santiago, who used to be in Il Nino. The new songs will be engineered by Jared Pritchard, who's worked with 1349 and Goat Whore, while Chris Zeus Harris, who's worked with Rob Zombie and Hatebreed, will mix and master with Miguel Mike Blazing Blasini as executive producer. I, I, now, I remember, know about I remember listening to Puya a long time ago, probably in like, we're talking like right after high school, early college years, and they are a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. Because they have that that Latin influence, mm-hmm. where they had like horns and shit in there, and yeah. it's it's fucking fun. So I will that's pretty for cool. It. That is pretty cool. All right, Light the Torch will release its uh, second full length album. You you will be the death of me on June twenty fifth via Nuclear Blast. Light the Torch, of course, is the band uh, featuring Howard Jones, formerly of Killswitch Engage. Yeah, the band that was formerly the Devil, you know. Yes, that's yes, that's that's it too. All right. This past Friday, April sixteenth, Fear Factor released their first new song in over five years called Disruptor. The track will appear on the band's upcoming album Aggression Continuum, due later in the year via Nuclear Blast Records. So that means the album the song came out yesterday, which I haven't heard yes. it yet. So I just wondering I haven't heard it yet. Um so from what I've seen on uh, I think it was Metal Injection or Metal Sucks, one of those websites, that it's a good song. But then, like, you know, you, you read the comments section, it's like, yeah, this is a paint-by-numbers Fear Factory song, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Fear Factory didn't really stray from the path too much either. So, I mean, you know, good is good. Uh, but there's, there's a, there's a, this is number two in a, in a theme I'm seeing uh, right now of album titles because we have Violence Unimagined uh, and a, an Aggression Continuum. <laughs> like, 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 let's just keep going with this whole thing about like anger and like just anger beyond anger, you know? Paint <laughs> anger beyond I, anger. I don't know. Violence unimagined. Violence unimagined. <laughs> War without end. Shit's going down. I don't know. <laughs> Shit's going down. Shit just got real. <laughs> Shit hits the fan, and then it could follow up with. Yeah, it still hit the fan. I don't know. I don't know. But it just, it, that's what it sounds like to me. Like, they're just kind of getting ready for, for like, this impending doom. Yeah. All right. Next up here, Frontiers Music will release the fourth album from Timo Tolki's Avalon, The Enigma Birth, on June 18th. Again, featuring a slew of talented guest vocalists, the album sees the finished guitar maestro's skills on display once again. Uh, the first single has been released from the album called Master of Hell, featuring up-and-coming Brazilian vocalist Rafael Mendes, who is in a band called Icon of Sin. Watch the video below, blah, blah, blah. Over the past year, Timo started working on songs and once again connected with Aldo Lenobile, who has worked with Secret Sphere, uh, Archon, Archon Angel, and Sweet Oblivion to craft music for a new album. The new record... Uh, as with previous Avalon albums, features an absolutely awesome cast of vocalists, including James Labrie of Dream Theater, Jake E., formerly of Amaranth, and uh, Syra, Marina Latoraka, Latoraka, uh, Phantom Elite and Exit Eden, Brittany Slays of Unleashed the Archers, Rafael Mendez, as we mentioned, Fabio Leone of Rap City, Ag- Angra, and Eternal Idol, 
Katrina Nix of Chaos Magic, and YouTube vocal star Pellick. That's cool. Sounds right. <laughs> sounds right up your alley, buddy. Sounds yeah, right I mean, up your alley. This is like, like, like <laughs> I, I guess it sounds like like can I be more power metal than power metal? <laughs> right. The Enigma Birth. But you know, just following in in a in a, in a alphabetical way, this just goes right before Arion. So it's just you just follow up in your fucking you know your A to Z nonsense that you were doing for a while nope. there. Nope. I know. I know. I know. That goes, that goes uh, in T. It's under Tolkien. Oh really? Yep. Because it's oh wow. You go with the name, huh? The, yep. Like the person's name. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay then. All right, last but not least here, of course, our friend Matt Heffy has released the What the Dead Man Say acoustic EP featuring reworked versions of four songs from the group's 2020 album of the same name. You can listen to it on his YouTube channel. The featured songs are What the Dead Men Say, Tashrafist, The Bleed Into Me, The Defiant, and I guess because they said four tracks, but it's actually five, Scattering the Ashes. Cool. <laughs> those first those those first three songs, what the dead men say, catastrophist and bleed into me, fucking awesome songs. So I would definitely like to check that out. Alright. Nothing for recorded live shit. Because there haven't been any live shows. <laughs> well, I said the same thing, but then you said, Well, they can always release old shows. Well, so they can. They could. But I mean All right. Who cares? <laughs> All right. But here's something for you right off the bat. Rewind, replay, rebound, reissued. A 40th anniversary cassette box set containing cassettes of Motley Crue's first five albums is among this year's Record Store Day drops, set for June 12th and July 17th at independent record stores nationwide. Coming on June 12th, the crew set includes the band's core catalog titles, Too Fast for Love, Shout of the Devil, Theater of Pain, Girls, 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 and Dr. Feelgood with artwork. This product is an exclusive limited run for Record, door, record Store Day drops. I mean, I'm fairly certain that any Motley Crue fan, like, those are the albums they care about, so. Oh, for sure, and it's a cassette, Stan. It's cassettes. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I have it on CD. I don't need that special kind of stuff from Motley Crue. Motley Crue, you know, yeah, you know. Chum, chum. All right. Chum. Neon Christ, which is the cult hardcore luminaries featuring William Duvall of Alice in Chains, Jimmy Demir of Gardens of Accidents, Danny Lank Lankford of Gardens of Oh, I'm sorry. The about the band name is called Gardens of and a different band called Accidents. Anyway. So Danny Lankford of Gardens of um God God Devils and Accidents, and Randy Duty of Gardens Of. They have announced a co-release between Southern Lord and DBL recordings for Record Store Day, reissuing a deluxe edition of their 1984 sessions, 1984 sessions. Digital format will also be available via Bandcamp only, and, and non-Record Store Day formats will follow at a later date via Southern Lord Records. To remaster the original tapes, using an all-analog process, Duvall made multiple trips to Nashville to one of the few remaining studios. The, band, the studio is actually called Welcome to 1979, which is really fun. That has maintained the vintage technology to play and, pre and process the audio. 
side one of 1984, which is going to be the title of this uh, particular track here, or this particular release here, features the original Neon Christ 7-inch EP, and side two contains the four songs of the Labor Day session, all on heavyweight vinyl at 45 RPM for maximum fidelity. The package includes a full-color gatefold sleeve and a 12-page oral history booklet featuring dozens of never-before-seen photographs. I mean, I kind of want to hear this. Yeah, I, like I definitely want to hear it, you know, and see what the, what it's all about. Yeah. Apparently, it's a a very coveted thing, this Neon Christ uh, EP. So, again, this is Record Store Day, and they're just coming up with all this really cool shit. Yep, it's just for you. All right, last but not least here, long intro for it, but check this out. Black Sabbath was embroiled in a protracted legal battle with its former manager in 1975 when the band started recording its sixth studio album, Sabotage. The group felt sabotaged at every turn, hence the album's title. But that feeling helped fuel the intensity of the new music they were making. In spite of the distractions, the band created one of the most dynamic and underappreciated albums in its legendary career. BMG pays tribute to the patron saints of heavy metal with a collection that includes a newly remastered version of the original album, along with a complete live show recorded during the band's 1975 tour. Sabotage Super Deluxe Edition will be available on June 11th as a four-CD set and a four-LP set that includes the same music on 180-gram vinyl, plus a bonus 7-inch with a single edit for Am I Going Insane Radio and Hole in the Sky. On the flip side... With artwork replicating the very rare Japanese release of the single. The newly remastered version of the album will be available via di digital download and streaming services on the same day. Oh, I'm gonna stream that shit. Yeah, that's what you got it for, right? Uh, yeah. I mean I, I'm I'm just interested in, in the 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 live show really. Yeah, yeah. I got that. I get that. But that is it for reissues and things. We are now heading into a little extra, and nobody's doing any good right now. Of course. Nobody. So we got some crowdfunding. We've got to check in here. Paul Diano, still struggling to uh, to raise the funds that he needs for his uh, surgery. Uh, he's at 47%, 9,459 pounds with a goal of 20,000 pounds. Justin Bartlett, his cancer fund. Um, he has a goal of $60,000. He has reached 55292 okay. And last but not least here, Hammy Peaceville, he has a goal of 10,000, uh, he has a goal of 15,000 pounds. He has raised 69%, 10,406 pounds. And again, this is to help fund a ground floor disabled access bathroom and bedroom. Okay. I, I haven't looked up crowdfunding in a while, so I got nothing. Colin, you, you, you're cutting out a little bit. Okay. Do I need to reset again? Do I need to jump out and come back? No, nope. nope, you're good now. You, you were just okay, kind cool. of cutting. Okay. So, shit I want. I'll... I think I've mentioned it many times already in this podcast, but I want the little mini fucking vinyl player from Anthrax. That's what I want. <laughs> I, I want, I want my, 
my fucking license so I can just start buying up CDs. Not like I don't <laughs> do that already, but like I can buy up more. Buy more. And not feel as guilty. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Guilty's for suckers. All right. How about a rabbit hole? You been down a rabbit hole recently? Discogs. Discogs yeah, yeah. Is a rabbit hole. There you go. I, 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 I went down like I wouldn't say it's down a rabbit hole, but I, I did start a project after we recorded our last podcast. I mm-hmm. remember I talked to you about taking apart my fucking uh, 300 disc changer because it doesn't work anymore and putting them back in their cases. Yeah. I'm about halfway through. Yeah. One, one by one, 150 discs put away so far. Um, it's painstaking. <laughs> fucking painstaking. I haven't looked at it in two weeks because of that. Uh, so slowly but surely, you're going to get that. And then after I chuck this thing, the next part of the process will be to weed out the week of the CDs here. Yes. And Which means then, they come to me. Oh yeah, yeah. The, you'll get, you'll get everything that I'm getting rid of, including all the doubles from the Pat Gastner box of fun. So you can do with what well, as you please with those. Selling them on Discogs, man. Making that money. Oh yeah, I mean making making a dollar and maybe a penny or two. <laughs> Probably cost more in shipping. Man, shut up. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right. All right, so we're into the concert news now. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start off, of course, with From the Comfort of Your Own Home. So Bruce Kulick will host a live stream event later this month. Dubbed Bruce Kulick Live in Las Vegas, the show will be filmed at the Marquee Club's library inside of the Cosmopolitan Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. And we'll see Kubrick, uh, Kulick, sorry, Kubrick, uh, joined by his wife Lisa, as well as his longtime collaborator Todd Kearns, who is best known as the bassist of Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Uh, they will perform music from Kiss along with songs made famous by the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, the Who, Elvis Presley, and more. You can get your virtual ticket now for $15 to watch the premiere on April 16th, which was uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, that was this past Friday. The show will be available for purchase and to enjoy until the end of April. Awesome. POD has announced Satellite Over Southtown, a premiere streaming series celebrating the 20th anniversary of his landmark triple platinum album, Satellite. Streaming via mandolin from Petco Park in POD's hometown of San Diego, California, the band will perform two albums in full, as well as a collection of B-sides and hits over three nights. Satellite on May 13th, the the Fundamental Elements of Southtown on May 27th, and B-sides, Rarities, and Hits on June 10th. Um, <laughs> okay. I just, I just find it kind of funny. It's like satellite, the fundamental elements of Southtown, and you know, I mean, does anybody know any other songs by us? <laughs> any other shit? Besides and rarities, you know, the other albums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they exist, right? <laughs> Emperor have announced a live stream event, a night of Imperial Wrath, 2021, to be held on May 23rd. The band states. 2021 marks 30 years since the formation of Emperor. With the current state of the world, it's been impossible to go ahead with scheduled plans. We will now welcome you to join us in an exclusive streaming event. The show will take place at Nanadin Theater, 23rd of May. The setlist will feature tracks from the entire catalog as they, 
as well as a very special guest appearance from original bass player Mortis, who appeared on the Wrath of the Tyrant demo. As the demo, as the Shadows Rise EP, an Emperor mini album, and an Emperor mini album. And as a special guest, also will be ex drummer Faust, who appeared on the As the Shadows Rise EP, Emperor mini album, as well as the landmark album, The Nightside Eclipse. That's pretty cool. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm cool with that. All right. There are no, uh, there's no festival news, nothing new coming out, nothing new being canceled, as we have mentioned already. So we're going straight into touring news because this is this is a thing that people are trying to do. Sammy Hagar on the Circle has announced a handful of Florida shows in May and June. The five-date trek will kick off on May 23rd in Key West and include two shows each in Orlando and St. Augustine. St. Augustine, I guess. Except um, we'll embark... Go ahead. I was just going to say, we'll see if it happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, then again, it's also Florida, you know, with their just as bad as Texas, so... Huh. Except we'll embark on a European tour in January 2022. Support on the trek will come from Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons and Flotsam and Jetsam. I mean, they're not playing America, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Last but not least here, Megadeth bassist Dave Ellison has announced his new Bass Chronicle Storyteller concert series with four shows across the Eastern Midwest. Eastern Midwest, USA. <laughs> Each event will be presented as a chronological set filled with songs and stories spanning Dave's legendary career, along with some deep cuts that have rarely or never been performed live from his catalog of work. Dead by Wednesday will be the direct support on all dates. Ellison's Bass Chronicles band will be comprised of Ellison, uh, Andre, 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 Mancott, who's played with Eddie Odeo, Odea. Ojeda. Oh, Ojeda, sorry, Ojeda. On vocals, drummer Christian Opus Lawrence of Dead by Wednesday and guitarist Dave Sharp of Dead by Wednesday, as well as Drew Frontier. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let me start again. We have the gentleman on vocals. The drummer is Christian Opus Lawrence of Dead by Wednesday. And then we have two guitarists, one of which is Dave Sharp of Dead by Wednesday and Drew uh, Fortier of Bang Tango, who also co-wrote Rockstar Hitman, which is uh, from Elvison Book Company, with Elveson, and is the writer, director, and star of Dwellers, which is on Elveson's films, which is the award-winning found footage horror film produced by Elveson that will be released on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital on October 12th via Elveson Films. Ooh, I might have to see that. Yeah. I mean, this is award-winning, so, I mean, it's got to be better than Veronica. Whoa, whoa. I'm your <laughs> It's got to be better than Veronica, bro. Tommy tips. Bruh. Bruh. All right. We ready? Heavy metal on the charts. Got a noteworthy yes. point here. Yes. Evidence's, Evidence's new album, The Bitter Truth, has charted at number four in the UK, mark, making it the band's fourth top five album in the country. Evidence's first full-length release of all new material in a decade, The Bitter Truth has also debuted on the top-selling rock and alternative album in the U.S., according to the Nielsen Music Connect. Shortly after its release on March 26th, The Bitter Truth rose to the top of the iTunes album charts in 22 countries. Ooh, wow. 22 countries. But now it is time for the top five of the top 200 of the Eastern Midwest. <laughs> Justin Bieber is number one still. 
Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, not still. He was at number two last week. He is back at number one with his new mm-hmm. album, Justice. Let's make sure that we're on the right date here. Yes, okay. Number two is Dancing with the Devil, The Art of Starting Over by Demi Lovato. That's her new album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I read this wrong. Uh, the number three is an album by a gentleman named Rod Wave, and the album is called Soulfly. And I read it backwards. I'm like, oh my God, Soulfly is number three? What? I was very confused for a yeah. moment there. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Uh, then I was going to say, I'm making sure I'm on the right charts, the, the right date, the right fucking country. <laughs> you know? All right, but number four is uh, Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. And number five is a new album by a gentleman named Little TJ, and his album is called Destined to Win. Number five, new album. That's that's an awesome album title. Yes, except for the fact that the two is the number two. Okay, you you made it a little worse, but <laughs> but I mean like I I, I I I love titles that have the word win in them, like Live to Win by Paul, by Paul Stanley, uh-huh. which you know just you know it just sounds like it just it reeks of Charlie Sheen. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and just drinking tiger blood and shit. <laughs> All right, are you ready for the the, the scrolling now? Uh-huh. I'm ready. All right, well check this out. Here we go. We are at number twenty two already with the Queen's greatest hits. Number twenty seven is Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Number twenty nine is Taylor Swift Folklore. That's one for our girl there. All right. Evermore is at number 33. That's number two for our, our girl, Taylor. Coming off of a very successful WrestleMania debut, Bad Bunny <laughs> is at number 36. <laughs> Former 24-7 champion, Bad Bunny. Former 27, 24-7 champion. But that's what I, that's what I said. But, I, but apparently oh. he, also, uh, he also wowed everybody by being, you know, <laughs> the way that the way that Lindsay responded to it was like after watching that that match, I'm mad because Nia Jax has been doing this for how long and she still sucks. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And that's the funny thing is that like the, the reviews of his particular match are, have been very positive. Yeah. Like he actually put the work in and he he actually was like you know he actually did the work, not like some of the other celebrities who just kind of showed up, you know. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Number 38, Bob Marley and the Whalers, best of. Uh, 39 is the greatest hits of uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Diamonds by Elton John is number number 45. Beatles 1 is at number 53. Journey's greatest hits is at number 59. Back in Black. Back in Black, ACDC, number 61. 61. A little bit of a rise there coming out from 74. Taylor Swift, Lover. Her, that album's at number 70. That's number three for our girl. Oh, not a surprise here, but following the passing of, uh, or following the news that he was in the hospital, because he only passed away this past week, um, the best of DMX is a re-entry at number 73. I'm sure we'll see a little bit We'll see a little bit of an uptick, maybe, probably in the next two weeks. 
um, following the pa following his passing. Right. I actually, I, I, it's bad, but I actually kind of forgot that happened. So. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Yeah. Uh, the greatest hits of Guns N' Roses is at number seventy-four. It's funny because there's, there's a lot of um, old school rap, kind of like the kind of like the same style of, of DMX here, because I got the greatest hits of Tupac and the greatest hits of uh, uh, Notorious B.I.G. here as well in the top one hundred. I feel like they would always be somewhere floating around the charts. You know what? Like I have seen them, but the thing is not that high. And now with I think probably like if you listen to like the best of DMX on a playlist. Uh, you'll probably get the same, you'll probably get like similar artists will be probably like, you know, Tupac and, and, and Notorious B.I.G. So yeah, I and people probably get, people probably get a little nostalgic, you know, and kind of, you know, re-listening to a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Tom Payne, the Heartbreakers, greatest hits at number 181. Taylor Swift, 1989 is at number 88. That's number four for her in the top 100. The Central Michael Jackson, 93. Thriller by Michael Jackson is at number 98. All right, and here we are getting into the lower 100s now. At 101 is Leonard Scared Greatest Hits. Number 102 is Nevermind by Nirvana. Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band Greatest Hits at number 105. Sounds of Summer, Beach Boys, 111. Do, do, do. Greatest Hits by Bon Jovi, 117. The Topless Black Album is at number 121. And our, here's our first random one for the day here. Greatest Hits by Earth, Wind, and Fire is a re-entry at number 125. Did you say Earth, Wind, and Fire? I most certainly did. Okay. Re-entry re at number 125. Greatest hits. Hotel California by the Eagles is at number 127. Central Elvis Presley, 140. Straight Out of the Box by a Texas deity, George Strait, here is at number 141. The Central Billy Joel's at 150. Another Bad Bunny one. Ah, Taylor Swift, Fearless. It's a re-entry at number 157. That's a number five for our girl Taylor. Do-do-do. Fleetwood Mac, greatest hits at 160. Reputation by Taylor Swift, 169. That's number six for our girl Taylor. And we are scrolling still. Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory is at number 182. Greatest Hits by the Eagles is at 185. Another random one here. The Greatest Hits Collection of Brooks and Dunn is at 188. Why would you tell me this? Because it's a re-entry and it's random. Speaking of random re-entries here, Purple Rain Soundtrack by Prince and the Revolution is a re-entry at number 191. See, that's what I want to hear. All right, here's another one. The Greatest, The Number Ones by Johnny Cash. Re-entry at number 193. Hell yeah. Self-titled Sublime Records, a re-entry at 195. Fuck off. 
The Steve Miller Band greatest hits number number nine. Uh, Steve Miller Band greatest hits nineteen seventy four to nineteen seventy eight is a re entry at one ninety seven. Nah. And the number two hundred is a re entry of Confessions by Usher. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yes, then that would be the top two hundred billboards, and our girl Taylor had six. Six albums on the top 200. That still doesn't beat the seven she once had, but you know, but yeah. you know, nothing, nothing's too special about this week's uh, list, really. So, well, nothing out of the, or- nothing out of like crazy out of the ordinary, like that one random Green Day album, Insomniac, being on the fucking in the top 200 for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> okay. But that um... wraps it up. Yeah, that wraps it up. Uh, we don't have any discussion because it's currently fucking midnight and I have to go to bed. And I have to eat. Because you don't sleep. I mm, I sleep in bits. I had I had just over three hours this morning and I had a two and a half hour nap earlier. I sleep in bits. So you don't sleep? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Just, just, just say it. It's fine. I'm just going to, yeah, I, I admit it. I don't sleep. But... So Evil never sleeps. You eat. I actually have to eat to take my meds, and then I'm going to bed. So sounds you, good. Sleep and food. Uh, until next time, I'm Dan Mac, and this is Chris Mac, and we are the Slime. <laughs> <laughs>